Dollcast episode 172. We danced in the end zone again. Go dance! Suck out! Woof, 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 woof. Dog fans, it's the Dogcast, episode number 172, coming to you live from the bunker. We're back home after flying into Ben Epps, and it's episode number 172. Dogs win. Huge win at Red Stick yesterday. The kind of game, old dog, that we've been waiting on for this year. All, all year, year long. No, no doubt about it. And I guess the uh, coordinators took it to heart when I called for their firing, stepped up, brought their A game in, and... Uh, I mean, just really probably the first complete game we have played all year long. Just about everything clicked. Things were going our way. When we had a chance to intercept, we did intercept them. We didn't drop them. Uh, you know, just offensive line played great. Stafford hung in the pocket. Moreno was running wild. I mean, it was just a great day to be a Georgia Bulldog. God, a great day to be a Georgia Bulldog. Scoring good in the red zone. Defense finishing things off. Stafford, like you said, comfortable in the pocket. Even when the pocket's collapsing, still stands in there and delivers the strike yeah, to A.J. I mean, Green. I mean, probably, and that probably was the signature play of the game. And you just compare that to last week. Stafford felt the pressure last week. Man, he took off running. You know, throwing off of his back foot. And, you know, we said he didn't have a great game. This game, what's he do? Feels pressure from the blitz, steps up in the pocket, and bam, delivers the ball to Green. That blitz came from the side that A.J. and I think Kenneth Harris were lined up on, so he knew they were going to be in man coverage. Steps up, eludes the pressure, planted his feet, and as we've talked so long, isn't it great to catch a ball in stride? I'm telling you. Man. So it was. we've got a million things to talk about today, dog fans. Both coordinators. We're going to talk about Bobo and his performance and Willie Martinez and his performance. But the first thing I want to talk about is LSU, you know? LSU says they got no Sean Moreno's cell phone number. You know, they were calling him, bugging him. He got so many phone calls, he had to change his number. Yep. I Called, tell you what. texted, everything. No Sean Moreno, he's got LSU's number too. That's right. <laughs> and remember, he who calls last calls best. <laughs> exactly. And uh, at the end of the game, I don't know. I doubt they showed it on TV because they had already gone to somewhere. But uh, no Sean, along with all the dancing in the end zone and thanking the fans and everything, uh, made a little gesture over to the LSU fans like he was making a phone call and said, make sure you're still calling me. Exactly. Call this number, baby. Yeah. How about call 163 yards, man? Exactly. 68-yard touchdown run for No Sean Moreno. Yeah, outrunning people. Outran their best defender. Oh, I'm telling you what, man. Great balance on that play. Getting hit. You know, I, I tell you, let's get started. How about, I have so many notes on this game. Player of the game, though, you know, they called Matthew Stafford the player of the game. I'm giving my game ball Daryl Gamble. He comes out, he's a backup, he's a reserve, he's not even, you know, I mean, he started yesterday, no doubt, but he hasn't been the kind of guy that you consider a first-string starter. Opens up, first play, 20 seconds into the game, 
carrying the ball like Walter Payton in one hand, puts it in the box for six points on the first play from scrimmage. How about Daryl Gamble yesterday? NCAA record for pick sixes by linebacker. Yeah, and uh, tied tied a Georgia record with uh, Jake Scott. Uh, and you know, Derek, I got to. He played a great game, but I tell you, the player of the game for me is five of them. The offensive line. Wow. Those guys came together. I mean, and I was one of them all week long talking about how inexperienced we were and that this was going to be the most athletic, most experienced defensive line we were going to face all year. LSU started, I believe it was three seniors, one junior, and a sophomore. Right. Uh, and those guys did a fantastic – they did yeoman's work. Definitely. They did a fantastic job opening up holes for Moreno, giving Stafford time to pass, and against that line gave up only one sack. The biggest, fastest, most experienced defensive line we're going to play all year. Yeah. No one, not Florida, not anybody we've got left, has got bigger, faster, more experienced defensive linemen. And our boys, Clint Bowling, Ben Jones, those guys – Took care of business. Yeah, and believe me, I'm taking nothing away for stat from Stafford. He deserves player of the game. Daryl Gamble deserves player of the game. AJ no Green. AJ Green, no Sean Moreno deserves player of the game. But I'll tell you, other than Gamble, those other three guys we just mentioned, if they didn't have that offensive line, that's exactly they right. wouldn't be in the running. If you if you're a member of the Dogcast Intelligentsia, you know that without those five horses up front. Matthew Stafford, A.J. Green, no Sean Moreno, they ain't nothing. So I got five players of the game. I hear you, buddy. Well, you know, Daryl Gamble comes in with 13 tackles, offensive line looking great. We've got guys out there saying give a game ball to Stacey Searles. Yeah. I tell you, that I want to talk a little bit about coordinators because I, I can't wait. You were calling, you've been down on Bobo, and you've been down on Willie Martinez. I want to start with Mike Bobo. You know, he had a quote yesterday that you're going to love, old dog. You know, he says, when you can take a toss sweep and go 70 yards, that's awesome. Bobo called, I think, his best game of the year yesterday, keeping that LSU defense off balance. He really did. And, you know, I mean, we had a couple long passes that were overthrown, some things like that. But overall, it was, without a doubt, I think his best game that he has called. There was consistency to it. Mm-hmm. We The things that we were doing right, we kept coming back to. Uh, you know, before, and I'm not going to get negative, but before it was just like a mismatch. I mean, right. it was like something that we do out, you know, playing backyard football on a Sunday afternoon. Well, it seemed And like- this really looked like he had a solid game plan together. We went out, knew what we wanted to do, and we had a plan to keep LSU off off balance. And I tell you, from where I sat, that was the first game all year long that we against a SEC opponent where we really did keep them off balance with our play calling. Absolutely. Less fades. We had one fade, which was successful to Kenneth Harris. Less pirouette screens. More toss sweeps. That we, I mean, it was it was a good called game by Mike Bowen. And best a, of the year. A great mix of run and pass. Mm-hmm. And the passes that we threw, we weren't going long on good. everyone to show off Stafford's arm. I mean, we were hitting the passes that we needed to. And I mean... Hit all kinds of receivers, not just Green and Momass, but you know Harris came up big. Michael Moore had a catch. D'Amico Goodman had a catch. Aaron White. Aaron White, a huge catch when we were down on about our eight yard line. Forty-eight yard pass to the tight end to a kid who wasn't 
On, on Thursday, Wednesday, couldn't even lift his shoulder. On Thursday, Coach Rick says he's not making the trip. Yeah. On Saturday, catches a 48-yard pass. And I love the way the kid was running. Yeah. He's just kind of running with the defender down the field. If you're not going to tackle me, let's just go together down and the field. And more than anything else, I love the way he covered up the ball, Absolutely. too. I love Aaron White making that dang pass. That nap, Aaron White, I'm telling you, if you have to take a dang power nap every day to get your arm working, you keep doing it. Man, man I'll, I'll show up and sing your lullaby. And talking about play. Play calling. How about the three fullback power set? Sutherland on the field. Sean Choppas on the field. Sutherland in tight end. Choppas yep. in motion. Handoff to Munzenmeyer. Man, and I tell you what. <laughs> and you know, I have I have drilled this for so long. If something works, don't stop it and do it till they stop you. So here's the deal. Fred Munzenmeyer in his career at Georgia has carried the ball twice <laughs> and has scored a touchdown two times. I'm saying against Florida, we hand the ball to Fred Munson-Meyer until he doesn't score a touchdown. I hear you, dog. I hear you, old dog. I like that. I love Munson-Meyer getting the carry there. I love a full, a three fullback package, baby. So let's talk. We've got more to talk about offense, but hey, sticking with the coordinators, I've got a kudo here for Willie Martinez. You know, he's been in your doghouse, old dog. He hasn't been a, a most favored guy with the dogcast this year, but for the second time, in three weeks, I've heard a linebacker say, due to our preparation and our game planning, we knew what LSU was going to run before they ran it. Yeah, and I mean, you know, Daryl Gamble's quote was on that first play where he intercepted and took it back 40 yards. He said, when they came out in that formation, I knew exactly what they were going to do, and I knew where I needed to be. That's the kind of thing that's done in the film room, done in the preparation, installed by the coordinators and the position coaches. And i got to give Willie Martinez credit where credit is due. He's not the best guy to make adjustments during the game, but I'll tell you, he's been doing a great job in pregame prep to get these kids ready for an offense like LSU, and he's going to have to work even harder this week oh, he, with Urban Meyer and Tim Tebow. He sure in. is, and I don't have it in front of me. I don't know how many sacks we had against LSU. It wasn't a whole lot, but we did put pressure right. on them, and, and I mean, that goes such a long way. Now, granted, they didn't have the best quarterbacks in the world, mm -hmm. but the fact that we were able to get those guys moving around, put pressure on them, that helped our defensive backs so much right. with what was going on. Now, I'll tell you, talking about the defense, I know there's going to be a lot of hand-wringing over the number of yards we gave up to LSU. But I want to tell you, dog fans, even though we all we gave up almost 500 yards in offense, you got to remember about 170 of that came in this fourth quarter when a lot of defensive players were looking at their watch, you know. And even though I don't agree with it, I got one more thing to say about it. This kid Charles Scott running the ball for LSU is a damn man. Oh, that, got, that kid's a stud. He is. I mean, that is probably the best running back we are going you to see. You can't take anything away from him. That we're going to see all year long. I mean, he is big, he's fast, and he is a load. There was one play where Rennie Kern, probably our surest tackler. And our hardest hitter. Hit him head on. And all he did was slow him down. Yeah, I know. He's still... Rennie Curran hits him as hard as he can, square to the ball, wraps him up, and still, he's like, guys, I need Rashad, I need C.J. Bird, I need help with this yeah, guy. Yeah, I mean, that guy was a load. And... 
I'll tell you, just to give you a little heads up now, dog fans, I know a lot of you are thinking, oh man, you know, Florida's got Dimps and Florida's got Harvin. Let me tell you something. Florida does not have a running back like Charles Scott. If you think about it, you look at the way Rennie Curran was hitting Charles Scott and needing help, then you look at the way Rennie Curran overran the play and could reach out and grab Holiday with one hand and take him down. Rennie Curran can take care of Dimps. Florida does not have a running back like Charles Scott, so don't start getting worried about these fast running backs, these fast ball handlers, because we got speed. They don't have a kid like Charles Scott, so don't get so worried about the yardage that our defense gave up yesterday. No, I mean, we need to be excited that we put 52 points on the board against the defending national champion. Damn skippy. And they don't have a freshman quarterback on the defensive side no, of the ball. In their hometown. Exactly. We put it on them, and we can put it in Florida's defense isn't as good, isn't even as good as LSU's defense, in my opinion. No. From, from top to bottom. So, don't worry, dog fans. We're going to have something for the Gators this coming week. But getting back to this game, we've talked about defense. You know, our defensive backs. You had uh, Vance Cuff in the game early on. You had Brian Evans making a yeah. few tackles. Rashad Jones comes up with a pick on the sideline. Much more activity on defense. Much more engagement from the safeties to the inside linebackers. Cade Weston blowing it up inside. Yeah, My favorite was, defensive lineman. It was good to see. I mean, we were flipping the guys in and out trying to stay fresh, and again, all day long, we broke up their passing game, we kept pressure on them, we screwed their timing up, and really, other than the one back they had that ran for all those yards, everything else, I've, I've got to give them an A. I Absolutely. mean, we did, we did very, very well on defense, and again, this is really the first complete game that we have played. I mean, our kickoff coverage was even... So much better. So much better. Than it has been. Look at turnovers and penalties. Well, I mean, the thing is, no, and, and again, you know, getting back to things, no turnovers, and we scored touchdowns when we were in the red zone. Absolutely. The things that we have been lacking all year long, we played virtually mistake-free football. And you look at the one penalty we had that had the potential to be a game changer, the, inter the interference call on Asher Allen that could have kept that drive alive, overturned by the phantom tip. Yeah. You know what? That was a gift. <clears throat> but I think teams make their own gifts, old dog. When you're playing good football, you're playing mistake-free football, maybe you get a couple of breaks well, like that. Well, and the thing on that was, too, I mean, Allen shouldn't have been grabbing the guy like he did. No, he, was he obviously have. holding. The ball wasn't tipped, but the other thing on that, too, is even if he hadn't been held, that ball was not catchable either. Sure. And I tell you, though, I just like the activity on defense. I like the imagination on offense, offensive line, sticking together, getting it done. I mean, it was a complete game, yeah. like you I said. mean, and, and Stafford looked like a totally different quarterback yesterday than he did the week before. How, how can Seven, that be? I mean, I, you know, well, what do you I, attribute that to? I think probably he just he was more comfortable in the pocket, and I'm sure that you know Coach Rick and Stafford had a lot of talk, talked about it, knew what they had to do, and I mean they looked at game film. I mean, Stafford's not a stupid kid; he realized that probably the ten, the Vanderbilt game's probably his worst game that he's played sure. this year, and pointed out the reasons. He was running, throwing off of his back foot. Just, I mean, he stayed in the pocket, moved up. He looked like a big-time quarterback. 
He was 17 for 26, 249 yards, and when the ball needed to be delivered, he did it. But I tell you what, I'm going to give some a lot more credit than usual to our receivers because even though Stafford wasn't throwing it in the dirt, he was delivering the ball, that kid is throwing freaking darts. Yep. I mean, you got A.J. Green and Momass and Goodman and Moore. Those kids have to snatch that ball out of the air because he is throwing freaking lasers out there. I'm giving even more credit than ever to our receivers for actually catching and hanging on to the ball because Stafford ain't doing you no favors with his touch, you know? I mean, he's freaking slinging it. So hats off to those receivers. Look at A.J. Green. No catches in the first half. Doesn't buckle down, doesn't fold, comes back for a monster second half. Well, and I mean, look what he did. The play before his touchdown pass, he drops the ball. Exactly. And we had enough confidence to come back to him, and the kid wasn't down on himself, caught the ball in stride, and took it to the house. Stafford gets over there, gives him a little pep talk, says, you owe me, make it up to me in the second half. A.J. Green, we're not wringing our hands, we're not letting drops finish the game off. You know in years past, even this year, we've had receivers, they might miss a ball, and it makes them miss more and more balls. And again, credit to everyone, I know we talked about it earlier, but on that touchdown play too, you didn't see Stafford, as soon as he felt some pressure, starting to backpedal and then running to his right or his left. What did he do? He stepped up in the pocket, let the rush come by him, and delivered a dart. He played like a man. He did. He played like a man yesterday. And that's on that something AJ, we have needed. On that A.J. Green touchdown pass, like you said, there was pressure closing in from both sides of the pocket. Defensive ends curling around. They were at his heels yeah. when he stood up. It wasn't the prettiest ball he threw all day, no. but it hit the kid in stride, was catchable, good for a touchdown. It was the prettiest that I've seen once it got into <laughs> A.J. Green's hands. Damn right. And how about, let's, can't, we can't not talk about Sean Moreno. Well, before we do that, along with with Stafford, and then we'll quit giving him caduce. Hit it. Along with the two touchdown passes, beautiful quarterback draw, took it in for a TD from about, what, eight, nine yards out? I think seven yards. Okay. Tough run, too. Yeah, I mean, gets it, hit at the line of scrimmage. I mean, gets hit at the goal line, you know? Just, uh, just a complete game for everybody. I tell you. How about when LSU sends in their field goal kicker? He misses the field goal. We're, they're thinking, they're feeling bad. No Sean Moreno. Toss sweep, 68 yards. Gets hit, almost goes down. Magical balance, outruns their best, fastest defender. You know, and that may be something that we don't talk about enough. (laughs) Noshan's got some of the best balance that I have seen. Uh, When he's that first hit, he just, it's hard for him to go down. It really is. And that was a perfect example. And we had one last week where his knee actually touched the ground, but he hopped up so quick, you know, they had <laughs> the re- to. The referee didn't even see They it. had to review it on He's, that, because, but he does. He's got that reputation for incredible balance. And along with the power he's got, the way he finishes people off, the way he gets those extra three or four yards once he's hit, his balance may be his best attribute along with his personality. I mean, it's just infectious, and we're going to talk about him a little bit more. But just he gets the team fired up. I mean, one of the neatest things I saw, and they even had it on the highlights and stuff, after Gamble's (laughs) second return, I think it was 50 yards that he returned it, he goes over to the bench. First person up there is is Noshan with a towel fanning him down. I mean, it was... 
I got to give a little credit to Noshan. Noshan knows how to get on camera, too. And no doubt about it. He knows it. that people love that. He knows that we love to see him dance. He knows what's going to make ESPN. Yeah. So he gets over there. He's drying off Gamble's head. He's fanning a, him. He's a, he's a great PR person. Noshan is a great PR person for Noshan. He is. He sure is. And he and that I don't. I'm not saying that like it's a bad thing. No, it's. I not. think it's great. Noshan is the kind guy we need on the sidelines and on the field. Yeah. Almost hurt himself downfield blocking for a tunnel screen that Momass was coming across the field on. He overran the guy he was trying to hit and nearly pulled his groin trying to get back to make the block. The kid will almost hurt himself trying to make blocks for other players. Well, he does so many things. I mean, be it held back for protection, uh, you know, chip blocking a defensive lineman. He does, other than running, he does what needs to be done, and he is a complete back. A little payback block on a Tennessee linebacker when he needs a payback block, you know. Yeah. If we need a pancake, whatever we need, no Sean Moreno yeah. gets it done. And I'll tell you what, we saw two great running backs in that game. Yes, absolutely. We sure did. And one of them was not named Caleb King. That's right. <laughs> but I do want to say this. Um we said probably while we were watching the game yesterday, I probably said 20 times, we got some emails from overseas, from Australia and England, people wanting to know that couldn't see the game. Was this the kind of game? Was this the turnaround game, the breakout game? Was this the mythical mojo game? I probably said mojo 20 times yesterday, mm-hmm. and I have to, I have to think, I have to report, dog fans, this was, this did feel like a mojo game. Not just a complete game from play calling and just getting it done, but we felt, it just felt hot. The team, I know you don't like me to say we had our motor running, but I'm telling you, we were in this game, engaged in this game, right. we, emotionally. We were, and I have not seen the team as fired up in, in about three games. I mean, the last time I saw them this fired up was when they ran out of the tunnel against Alabama. Sure. And... Which we, it turns out might have been, seems to be, maybe possibly kind of fake at that time. Right. Because we weren't really fired up when we hit the field. We just looked like a team that was fired yeah, up. But Yesterday we played like a team that was fired up. We did. And, I mean, be it that first play from I mean, not just the first play from scrimmage where we intercepted it. I mean, we covered our kickoff better than any kick we've covered. We went in there. We went in to play Great. And, you know, folks are saying, you know, this is our biggest stretch. We've got four games away from Sanford Stadium. Well, I'll tell you what, with Coach Rick's record on the road and let's count Jacksonville as a road game, uh, you know, I'm all for it. I tell you. We don't need to back up and we don't need to apologize when we go into somebody else's stadium because we are road warriors. I'm convinced. Coach Rick, he's 28-4 and four on the road since he's been at Georgia. I'm convinced that he loves nothing better than that little victory lap jog around a hostile stadium. That's his favorite. I'm, I tell you, he doesn't love anything more than running around a hostile stadium giving you the I told you so. Well, and, and not just that, but it, it may help Coach Rick and the rest of the coaching staff keep the boys focused mm-hmm. when they don't have all the distractions that they do when they're at home in Athens. Now, how about this dancing in the end zone thing yesterday, old dog? I know you were covering that, man. We did get a dance in, a team dance in the end zone. That's right. But but we waited until the game was over and the refs were off the field. That's exactly right. But it looks like that may be uh, our signature move. Now, here's my question for you, old dog. What's your over-under 
on questions to Coach Rick about the celebration this coming week? It, it's got to be in the hundreds. <laughs> How many but, times? Is but he I be did, asked? and I think they're going to handle it real well. I read a thing this morning where they have prepared a press release stating exactly what the university wants said about last year's celebration in the end zone. And whenever that question is asked, no one's going to answer. They're just going to hand the reporter that piece of paper. We need it. And we need to and print I on several you, hundred reams of there paper. Are, they are going to have reporters that are going to have eight and nine and ten of those sheets in their hand because they're going to keep asking the same question. I'll tell you this, though. I bet you after watching that yesterday, after watching the dogs put one more point on LSU than Florida was able to do, I bet you Urban Meyer's not quite so damn excited. He's not quite no. licking his chops as much as he was before. And, you know, the question that really needs to be answered and asked and answered is what rodent does Urban Meyer more resemble, a ferret or a weasel? <laughs> or just a little rat. Yeah. I think he looks like a tiny little rat. See, I'm going with a weasel. Man, I don't know. Or maybe a ferret. I don't know. We we put that maybe that'll be the poll question today. Let us know. Let us know what you think. Vote and if you've got another rodent. I'm gonna put a poll up on the website. Go to dogcast.com, vote in the poll, because we I really want to yeah. know. Is it ferret, weasel, or rat? Or a write in rodent. Yeah, exactly. Go other if you think it's a write in and send us an email and let us know. So, dog fans, that's it was a great game. It was the turnaround game. It was the mojo game we were looking for. The late season surge, I believe, has begun. You know, I don't want to talk about the BCS championship and all that kind of stuff because we still got work to do. But um, this season's got a lot of games left in it, and uh, there's a lot of football left to be played. It's our toughest week of the year, dog fans. No, and and usually our happiest. Exactly. And uh, one more question, and, and this is for Katie. Was this a night game? Did that count as a night game or not? They had the lights on for more than half the game. Let us hear from you. Katie, what do you think? We got to know, Katie. What Did that qualify as a night game or not? <laughs> I'm going to go on the record and say it wasn't because it was 2.30 in LSU time and yada, yada, yada. But anyway, um, dog fans, that's it. Thanks for listening. We're going to wrap this show up because I don't want to beat a dead horse about how awesome it was. Yeah. Great show. Great game. Complete game from the coordinators, position coaches, head coach, all the way down to Miss Rick doing water on the sideline. Yeah. First complete game we've played all season long, and uh, let's hope it's the first of many more to come. Absolutely. Absolutely. So thanks for listening, dog fans. Give us a call. It's 706 534 1516. Check us out. Email us at dogcast at gmail.com. Check out the website at dogcast.com. Vote in our Urban Meyer lookalike contest poll. And thanks for listening. Tell all your friends. We'll be back with the Florida, the Evil Empire pregame show. Even more evil than ESPN. Maybe. Dog fans, it's Florida week. Put the LSU game behind you. It's time to get it on at the cocktail party. That's right. Fill your tank up with gas, buy your liquor, and head down to Jacksonville. Go dogs! What the? Uh, what the hell was that? Uh, Derek, old dog, Jeff, and Boise. What the hell was that? I mean, I've been waiting on the breakout game, but I a couple times I was watching the game. I, I knew I had a, a, a few too many adult beverages, but I kept thinking I was watching some kind of crazy Big Twelve game. What the hell? Well. I can't say I'm not happy about it. Uh, where where the hell has that been all season long? Back on track, boys. Back on track. Taking care of business. Going in next week to Florida. Seeing what we can do there. But 
you got to feel good about that win. A couple of things we can improve upon for sure, but you got to feel good about that. Um, all right, now, looking forward to the show and uh, and what your take on, on, on what the hell that was all about. Later. Hey, Derek and Old Dog. This is Joshua again from uh, Douglasville. Uh, just calling to say we had a real good win for the Dog Nation. Um, scoring 52 points in the Tiger Stadium is no easy task for anybody, not even the great Tebow himself. But uh, I just want to comment on uh, the post pregame that you guys put up as far as uh, how we need to uh, fire Willie Martinez and uh, Mike Bobo. I would say the jury's probably still out on Willie Martinez, but I think he called a very good defensive game. Just uh, he can't make his players tackle. Uh, but as far as Mike Bobo, I think he played. He made a lot of good play calling. Um, no Sean rushes for over 160 yards, and Stafford throws for over 250. Um, but I got to go on the limb here, and I love you, Derek. I really do. But old, old dog was right. He's been calling it. Tall sweep. No one can stop it. No Sean scores 68 yards straight to the house. Makes a phone call to the LSU Nation. Um, looks like we just need to uh, play uh, play smarter football as far as the tackling, but tall sweep all day long, baby. Go dogs. Hey, about that uh, firing the coordinators thing, Martinez and Bobo, I want you guys to know we're not always really calling for them to be fired. Sometimes we're just trying to jerk a knot in their ass. Hey, Derek and Old Dog, this is Matthew from Omaha. I just wanted to say a great win for the Bulldogs. Let's enjoy it. All right, enjoying it, enjoying it. There, it's done. Let's flush it and let's forget about that game because we got Florida, Tebow, and Urban Meyer next week, and we need to be focusing on them. We don't need to be enjoying this game like we've arrived where we need to be. We've got Florida next week, and let's focus and beat the Gators. Another thing I was going to say, I think that when Danelle Ellerby comes back from his injury, we need to put him back at linebacker and put Daryl Gamble at, at defensive back because of the game he had. And uh, perhaps replace Rashad Jones, Sean Evans, or uh, or, or Brian Evans, excuse me. So, um, But anyway, I enjoy the show, guys. And uh, great game again. But let's forget about it and move on and beat the Gators. Go dogs. Derek. Old dog. Dog has technical support outside of Washington, D.C., your nation's capital. I want to know where this team was two weeks ago against Alabama. That's what I want to know. That's number one. Number two, is this defense going to get stronger before we play Florida next week? I mean, I don't think this defense is going to hold Florida to anything if they play like they did today. I hate to be negative after a win, after hanging 52 on, on Ellis Who in, in Red State Country, but Florida's next week, and that defense worries me. I've never been a fan of Willie Martinez. I'm going to be less of a fan next week if the defense blows it. That's all I have to say. Go dogs. Derek, old dog. This is Weasel from Valdosta. I just want to say Michael Moore is the new Chris Durham. <laughs> 